everybody. I am so happy to be chatting today here in Nashville. We are actually live and all together. I don't normally get to do podcasts like this, so I'm so excited that we get to have this conversation all in the same room. But I have my good friend, Amanda Craig, and her wonderful business partner, Derek Miller Reynolds. Say hello. Hi, everybody. (laughs) This podcast is going to be so much fun. (laughs) But in case you didn't already know Amanda, um, she was actually the first guest on my very first episode of We're Just Hairdressers. Um, I am so excited to be talking with both of them today. They are, their home base is here in Nashville and they have two salons here in Nashville. We're going to be talking more about that, but they're just a powerhouse of a team and it's the team that everybody wants to be a part of for sure. Oh guys, if you could see them, they're holding hands. It's so cute. (laughs) Um, but they have Lee Edwards and Company and Edward Barber Beauty. So we are going to talk all things hair industry, commission, booth rental. Just we're, I feel like they just have a lot of knowledge to give. So we're just going to do it all today. So I am excited and we're just going to get started. How about that? Very excited. Sounds so great. <laughs> you guys are so much fun. Um, okay. First, I want to start. Tell me a little bit about your background. I want to know... As business partners, how did you get, how did you become business partners, first of all? But how did you get started? Do you want to take this one, Derek? I'll take it. I mean, go with it. So, um, first of all, thank you, listeners. Hopefully, we're going to really entertain you today. Oh, that's for sure. Um, That would be a dream, (laughs) This year um, celebrates my 21st year in the beauty industry. I started on Wall Street, and then I started working at L'Oreal Corporate after that in New York City. And then I moved to Tennessee um, for the first time about 14 years ago now. Um, and I met this lovely lady sitting to my right, Amanda Craig Borski at Craig at the time. Now Craig hyphen Borski, cause that's what we do. Um, and I met her. She, she actually was part of a package deal. We had, um, a service provider who had left the salon I was running, um, and she said, I have this really great coworker that I would love for you to talk to. And I said, okay, great. I love good people. And she, Amanda came in and she, uh, how long have you lived in Nashville? A year? <clears throat> Maybe a year? Not long. Yeah, like just barely a year. But she had big dreams. And I, I responded to big dreams in a big way because Amanda was sort of speaking my language. I had... Um, a New York background. And so a lot of what Amanda wanted to do here in town relative to working with like um, music industry folks and specifically artists and and doing um, what I call atelier services uh, really resonated with me. And so I was like, you know, not to mention she was a great human being. So I was like, you're hired. So technically, Amanda was my employee at one point. He loves saying I that. I sure do. He <laughs> loves saying that. Because now I get beat down all the time. No, I'm just kidding. Get beat down. So, uh, so anyway, so then uh, fast forward, I moved back to New York when I met my husband. I run, I still run Cutler as the general manager in New York City. We have four Manhattan locations. Well, three Manhattan locations and a Brooklyn location, which is insane. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I moved back down to Nashville seven years ago and Amanda was literally the first person I called before I moved and said, Hey, listen, 
we're moving down and I was just thinking like, what are you doing? Like, do you want to do something? And she was working on the voice mm-hmm. with Blake. And she said, it's funny. Like I've just been talking with somebody about opening something. I said, okay, well, let's talk. So there were at the, at, and then there were three, there was one other person. Well, and I was in echo. It's funny. You called. I don't know what I'm doing. And they want us to look at this building and I'm, I don't mind saying it. I had no clue. Yeah, of course. And he said, well, let me come and help. Yeah, so I flew down. He flew in, and he was checking out the building. He said, <clears throat> no, ma'am, Pam. No, no. no ma'am, Pam. You don't want to do this. <laughs> I'm like, not unless you want to take out, like, a $2 million loan. <laughs> Which, no. As, and, and wherever my salon owners are at on this podcast, you know what I mean. Nobody wants a $2 million loan for a build-out. So, yeah. So, uh, and at the time it was a much bigger scope too. I mean, we were talking about doing like a lot, like a cigar bar and a coffee house and an apparel and a barbershop and a hair salon. And it was like, which was, which is great. I mean, in, in theory, I think in practice, it was a lot for us to. Well, not to start out with. Yeah. I mean, it was just a lot. I mean, Amanda, had no intentions at that point of leaving the voice. And I had no intentions at the time. I was also um, consulting. I had worked for, for the summit development corporation, which is a huge consulting firm in the salon and spa world at that point for three years, yeah. four years. And I had a bunch of clients and he was, he, he's, they still, <clears throat> <want him back. laughs> yeah, of course I love if any of you, have worked with me. I love you and I miss you. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding and not kidding. Cause I do. Lo- I loved my clients, but yeah. um, so anyway, so we, we just knew that it didn't fit into what we had going on individually. And so um, over time we, we waited and we were patient. How long did, I don't know. We looked at a bunch of spaces, but I think it was really, a solid year before he, kept, he actually found the right thing. Well, the, this is where he was my savior because. <laughs> savior. That's a big word. Yeah. It's fine. I'm adding it to my business card uh, tomorrow. I wanted yeah. go big, like right off, yeah, all course. glam. All well, the, we looked at big. Yeah. I mean, we looked at an old, we actually looked at an old um, automotive shop. And it was gorgeous. It, it would be great. Well, it's well, actually, it is a, rest- now. It's actually yeah, it is. a restaurant now. Oh, okay. But it's a huge I restaurant. envisioned all the windows mm. and all of, great. all of the things. Well, in Nashville, it's really hard to find a space that way, mm-hmm. uh, at that, that, <laughs> the price point you want. And he said, hey, slow down. We're going to find a great lease. And when we find the great lease, we'll grow from there. Yeah. Like, and that I use the slow and steady wins the race all the time because he said that to me over the phone. I was sitting in LA in the house and I was like, I want, yeah, <laughs> I want, whoo. And all he's like, slow and steady wins the race. And he was right. Well, and, and I think part of that just came from, you know, my specialty in consulting became really helping salons in crisis and specifically salons that had gotten themselves into worlds of trouble with the IRS or with um, build out costs that had gotten out of hand or getting involved in leases that weren't in their best interest. And so 
having that experience and seeing in a very real way how it impacted people's ability to have a family, to go on vacation, to have any sort of freedom behind the chair, really, I think, informed our decisions about how we launched a company. And yeah, I mean, we waited, we, we waited until we really found the right opportunity. And even then it was, you know, I look back on, on that time and I think, you know, our, I think our entire career, when we've looked for the right opportunity, uh, people have sort of looked at our, our success as individuals and said, oh, you should pay more or you should, you know what I mean? Yeah, like they've, that. they've sort of like done their due diligence and then said, oh, you know, we had an agreement, but maybe not, maybe it should be more expensive. And that was no exception, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but if that's honestly at, at this stage, I think of my life, I'm okay with people looking at me that way and going, mm -hmm. well, you're really successful. So you should be able to pay more. Now, whether or not we end up paying more is a whole different yeah. conversation, but but anyway, so yeah, so that's how we ended up going into business with each other. I mean, we ended up just the two of us, you know, the, the third partner really wanted a, a large um, investment, I think, in terms of what she was looking to create. Yeah. And I just said to Amanda, listen, I totally understand if you guys want to go off and do your own thing. But just where I'm at and with what is my reality in terms of what I see every day, it's just not where I want to be. Yeah. <laughs> just said, well, funny, because your reality is actually my reality. So <laughs> I think maybe I'm just going to have a conversation. Well, we didn't know what our brand was yeah. going to be. And why? We named our company with like. We already had, we were trying to get the loan. I don't even know. We were, we were working to get the loan and they said, hey, what, we a week need, before? And they said, yeah. A week before we What's opened? the name of Something your company? Weird. And we were like, what is the name of it? We made our company like a week before we Because the most important thing to us was the lease. And then can we get the money? And then what the logistics of everything was going to look like. The financials. And we opened just the two of us, which was helpful. We had two renters in our space who had been there. And we said to them, listen, we, out of respect for you, we're not going to like kick you out of here. Like we bought the, we bought the, Essentially, we bought the business, but really, we bought the location. Yeah. Um, and we were really honest with them and sat them down and said, listen, here's the deal. It's not that this that there's a new sheriff in town and we want to be above board about this, but this is what our plan is. We're renovating this space. And if it makes sense for you to stay for a period of time, we we are happy to have you. But we totally understand if you want to move on. And, and you know, you guys are renters and we are looking to create a commission-based business. Mm. Um and honestly, I think, you know, once we started the renovations, they had a meeting with us and we're like, what do we need to do to stay? <laughs> and we were like, well, I mean, the fact is yeah. we're, we're running a commission-based business. We're not going to do a right. blended salon. Again, not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just not what we wanted. Right. And I think that, um, through that process, we hired people, um, almost exclusively out of school. Yeah. Well, it was important to us that we, first off, we did not go out and recruit people from other salons. I mean, with his background and then mm -hmm. with mine, we could have easily done that, but that was not, I just, we, neither one of us feel good about doing that. Right. Um, so for us, that was not the way you do business and we weren't going to do that. Um, so we, we didn't know what our brand was. So we thought, let's just recruit from the schools and let's slow go figure it out all together. Yeah. Um, because when you do go in and you say we went out and recruited some of the top 
stylist in Nashville, then they're going to have expectations. Well, we didn't know what our brand really, I mean, who really knows what we thought it was going to start out. It changed a few times, right? You know? So anyway, so that's how we said, that's a really long version. Well, no, I love that. Which hopefully will get edited out in post. I don't know. I know. You want to know? I was born in a small town. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. I love it. I I mean, what I took from that is I I loved that you guys stuck to what you wanted to create, what you knew you wanted to create, and you know, you just like telling the runners. This is our kind of our style. This is kind of, you know, this is exactly what we want to create. So, you know, it's unfortunately not going to work out unless you want to convert. So I want to talk a little bit about your like business structure. I'm, sure. I I'm admire it, to be honest, from where I'm setting as a salon owner as well. And I feel like I'm in my baby stages of salon owning. Um, you know, I've only had my salon for three years and... I love from where I'm sitting, looking in on your business structure. Oh, I love cool. your wow, what a style Sweet and you. I, well, thanks. I just think that you build um, people up in inside of your company. And I think that's huge. And um, I think that's our due diligence as, you know, salon owners or just people in the industry. I think we have to do that for the generation before yeah. us. Absolutely. And so can you kind of tell them a little bit about our listeners about what your salon structure is and how it works? Sure. I mean, I think one thing I want to, um, one thing I want to sort of take from what you just said is that I ran other people's companies for a very long time before we opened our own. Um, and I think one of the things that I always said about, um, running companies at a general manager level was that every day just needed to be better than the day before. So you understood that, that everything was going to be imperfect. Like you understood that the hot water was going to go out and you knew that you were going to run out of towels at some point. I I have had, um, subterranean termites swarm in the middle of the salon (laughs) on a Saturday. I've had the cops called on me by an angry client. I basically like, you know, on that side of the administrative <laughs> side of things, I mean, I've, I mean, you know, you were, I think you were actually were working at that salon that day that the cops got called. Oh, it was an angry bride who had been for four <gasps> oh trials. Oh my gosh, I Angry bride, four trials on a Saturday, brought the family. <laughs> that is the reality. Escorted her out. I'm so Called honored. the cops. <laughs> yeah, because her, like, like, yeah. Anyway. Cute. So I think. You know, relative to our structure, what's important to understand is that it works for us. It it may not work for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, Amanda really trusted me when we launched this thing because I was a summit coach. So it was very important to me that we have a tier based pricing structure with a tier based commission structure that had consistent goals across the board. I, my belief is whether it's summit or it's any other program that's out there, you have to have a structure that's fair and equitable yeah. and that works for people um, regardless of if they are a full-time employee or a part-time employee, whatever that means, because mm-hmm. everybody has different sort of rules or, or um, tenants or like um, standards around what that means. I think it has to be adaptable. I think you have to see in shades of gray, which is very important. (laughs) So for us, our structure is based on seven levels of pricing. Those levels are consistent as they go up. So um, basically for um, 
anyone who earns a promotion, um, their prices go up for a cut and color, just a basic cut and color by $14 per level. Uh -huh. And then their commission goes up as well. We pay arguably the highest commission um, of any commission-based salon I know of. We pay up to 54%. Um, we have no service deduct, which is also a big deal. I know um, in my salons in New York, um, for example, we have a 14% deduction in the color department and 11% deduction in the cutting department. That's largely because the cost of doing business there is like crazy. Right. I mean, when you look at rents and taxes and blah, 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 I mean, the list goes on. But fortunately, we're in a very, right. we're in a very generous state that has generous tax legislation relative um, to what they charge us. So we've been able to pass that along to our employees, but also Retail is a huge tenant of ours. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, we pay up to 20% retail commission, yeah. which is great. Um, mm -hmm. I will say that tips, generally speaking, we do, um, we do cash based or Venmo based tips. So I don't know the exact numbers, but my guesstimate is that people are making somewhere between 10 and 20% of their service total on gratuities, which means as an entry level service provider in our company, you can start making forty four to forty five thousand dollars a year, which is important because in Nashville it's expensive. Yeah. So we have to be able to support that. Like right, it would right. be irresponsible of us to not be able to have a structure. I think it's important to note as well, just like in any business, there you can get a promotion. Yeah. So you do right. the work. You work hard, you get a promotion. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times what you see in the salon industry, um, people stay at one price point and they yeah. stay there forever. Yeah. They don't know how to give themselves a promotion. And that's a lot in, in rental as well. I mean, I think one of the reasons, you know, one of the things relative to being a commission-based business instead of a rental-based business is all of our service providers, and we call them service providers, not stylists or technicians. Again, that's our choice. But I think when we elevate our language around it, it definitely creates a career-based environment, which is very important to us. Very much. So I think relative to the promotion conversation, everyone has the same goals. So that's very important because regardless of how long you've been doing hair, it's important that you have the level of motivation if you've been doing hair for 15 years, that somebody who has been doing hair for only two years has. Mm -hmm. And the goals are consistent, again, from level to level to level. And it also takes into account when someone earns the right to be a trainer within our organization, we call them an educator and they have an associate. Mm -hmm. um, that person then changes their booking times, which allows them to get more butts in chairs. Because mm -hmm. the, at the end of the day, and I think, you know, I know, you know, I, I, I want to get into the conversation about rental versus commission a little bit more. I think yeah. what's interesting to me in the commission-based environment, when you're working with an associate, mm -hmm. is that you're able to make so much money per hour based on just having that second set of hands. Yeah. And you're giving back to the community that you work in by training that next generation of service provider. That to me is magical. Yeah. And it's a, it's a, I call it a triple win. It's a win for the guest because they get in and out quickly. Mm -hmm. It's a win for the service provider because they're making more money per hour than they would ever make otherwise. And it's a win for the associate because they're learning a skill from the best in class, you know, mm -hmm. whether it's a departmentalized salon or a generalist salon, it doesn't really matter. Right. Right. I love that. 
Um, I mean, you, you, you nailed it. That's exactly what I think. I think we lose sight of that in our, like the, maybe the new generation of, of people, yeah. um, you know, you have to make money behind the chair and you have to run a business regardless whether, you know, you're working commission or booth rental. And that's what I want to ask you a little bit about just, you know, kind of in your, why you chose commission versus a rental. I think that'd be a good question for you to take because you could have chosen either path. Yeah. Um, I had when, especially when I started working on the voice and I was gone a lot, I had a lot of people reach out to me and ask me if I wanted to share a suite with them Mm -hmm. or things like that. And for me, Personally, I enjoy a team base. Uh, I think that it helps me to continue to grow because you have a younger generation coming in constantly and you're learning from them from, I mean, look at the social media now. I mean, (laughs) they help me all the time to keep up. Um, But it was, I also sat down and I did the numbers. Mm -hmm. And when I did the numbers, the numbers um, for me of what I would be in when I was on the road a lot, for example, yeah. and traveling, it didn't make sense because the color is so expensive. Then yeah. you're renting the space. Then you have the products. And and honestly, my clientele base, they want a, they want a high-end product to use. So that was part of it. But, um, then you throw in the taxes and then you throw in people reaching out to you. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're the secretary, you're all of it. (laughs) So, um, for me, it, it never made sense financially. And it also didn't make sense, uh, for my time, but also mentally. Yeah. I I enjoy a team. I, I feel like a team helps me to continue to grow. Yeah, for sure. I think that's, you know, I, I've actually been both as a stylist. I spent mm-hmm. seven, six, seven years behind the chair as a booth runner. Um, and then now I own, you know, commission salon started out at a commission salon as well. Um, but that's what I missed was the team and, mm-hmm. and help running, even though I do run the business now as the owner, but, um, you know, I, I needed help running that business, mm-hmm. even though, I do consider myself as a business savvy individual. I don't have time to run that business behind the chair um, and then cater to my clients as well. And so I think I get that question a lot from stylists, you know, why commission versus booth rental? And I think with a structure like you guys have um, and mine's similar in my own salon, but you know, you allow that stylist to make have promotions and make more money. And like you said, it's, it's, you have the highest commission skill, you know, that you can find almost. And so I think that's, I think that's big that you, you know, that about stylists, they still have to make money. They still have to take care of themselves. Well, I think what's important to mention is that, um, so in my work as a consultant, I worked in commission based salons and I worked in blended salons, which means a combination of renters and commission. And, I worked in California quite a bit. And I think in California, you're hard pressed to really find a true commission-based salon. Yeah. It's sort of like, you know, there, there, there's a few people uh, here and there that are always renters. Yeah. I think what was interesting to me was sitting down with the renters. And I, I have a worksheet that I use whenever anyone in our company is curious about going into booth rent, where I really sort of list out not just the financial 
implications relative to what they're able to make in our company, but also the additional benefits that they get from education to advertising and promotion to the level of retail that we carry because the lines that we happen to carry in our salon company, they cannot get in rental. Um, so just going through that worksheet with them, it's interesting. I want to um, add to that. And it's yeah. not to talk them out of. Right. No, no, no. Really it's to do, educate yeah, them. Yeah, it's more on, to educate them. On because, the value proposition. Right. right. Because yeah. we care about them. Yeah. So if this is the journey you want to go on, go in with your eyes wide open. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I'll also say there are people in the industry who are super successful renters. Absolutely. Um, and good for them. You know, I think it takes a special creative minded person to be able to, to sustain rental for any length of time in my experience. And this is just Mm -hmm. my experience. Generally what happens is in the first year, someone leaves a commission-based business to go to rental. Mm -hmm. They are on cloud nine. And I I always like to say you're doing hair on the set, like on the beach in the South of France and you were living your best life and you were on a Drinking yacht. Drinking your champagne. You are, oh my God, it's amazing. And you're taking all these vacations and it's amazing. And you know what it is? It, it, it is amazing for that first yeah. year. And I think it's exciting and it's new. And it's, and as, as an entrepreneur, I understand all of those feelings and yeah. I, and I love that. Mm-hmm. I think the challenge becomes sustainability. So by year two, Maybe you didn't pay all your taxes and then the tax man comes and he says, Oh, by the way, you owe me another $15,000. And you're like, I just bought a BMW. How am I going to pay the 15 grand? And it's like, and so you don't pay the 15 grand. Are you talking about 23 year old Sarah? I mean, listen, I mean, listen, we have all, all we have all been 23 year old Sarah. 23 year old Sarah's story. 1000%. You know, I mean, we've all been 23 year old Tara. You just get to that point where you're like, and, and the crazy thing. And I, I used to say this to my clients all the time. I'm like, you know, the weird thing about the tax man, the tax man actually doesn't knock more than once. He like knocks once. And then you think, oh my God, they've totally forgotten about me. <laughs> nope. And then all of a sudden out of the clear blue sky, you're like, what's a lean, <laughs> you know? And you're like, Oh my God. Uh, right. So I owe money. Oh, it's insane. Or- right. Or you're sitting there on vacation, a, a great beach right. trip with your family, yeah. and you told all your clients, you did your social media, and right. you said, I'm going to be out of office this right. amount of time. And then you get the picture. And then you get the, you get the picture. And you get, I hate to bother you right. on your vacation, <laughs> but... Does this look dark? I, I mean, is there any way you can get me in? Or you have, you wake up to your phone dinging, and it's one in the morning, hope I'm not waking you, but I need to make an appointment. Oh yeah. Well, when you are working in a commission based salon, you have a team that's taking care of you, right? You don't have to worry about those things. Well, and I think that's, what's hard sort of about the year two, generally speaking, um, in in my conversations with a lot of renters is that it just starts to wear you down. Mm -hmm. You're just like, you just want to go and do hair. You just want to have fun again. Yeah. And then by year three, um, a lot of people have shaved their schedule down. Maybe they're sharing salon suites with another individual because they just don't, you know, they've, they're looking at other opportunities to work. So whether they get their license in real estate, I don't know if you know this, but like the two professions, what do you think the two professions that hairdressers go into most after the hairdressing are? <laughs> I know, I There's know. There's two. Hmm. Well, probably real estate in Nashville for sure. Yeah. But yeah, but, but nationally, 
nationally, there are two. Um, this may have changed with COVID, but I don't know. Education, maybe being one of them. So nursing is one of them. Okay. They go into some form of nursing or or some sort sort of like human care. Okay. You know whether it's like yeah, long term rehabilitation, whatever. Okay. And then the other one is flight attendant. Whoa. <laughs> Swear. Because really? there's a service aspect to it. And there's like not, when you think about it in terms of hairdressing. So, because not every day is the same. Yeah. You're sort of doing something different every day. You're meeting tons of people. But there's a service driven aspect. On the side, though, they typically fall into selling some kind of product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, They'll do like at home, like Arbonne or like, yeah, you know, like any of that sort of stuff, Rodan and yeah, Fields yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But when they sort of make a career switch, it's generally to some sort of service based yeah. career. Now, that may have changed, obviously, with what we're dealing with with COVID and everything else. Yeah. And I definitely think real estate right now is like the feeder. I mean, oh, certainly, yeah. you know, one of our, one of our barbers who I love, if you're listening, um, after, after doing barbering for, for almost 20 years or 22 years, if Monica, if I'm wrong, you can correct me. Um, just decided, you know what? I want to make change. Like yeah. I really want to do this thing. And, and I said to her, I think this is great. She was exhausted too. Yeah. yeah. She'd been doing this a long time. Oh, yeah. And she had been, she actually was a renter before she came to work for us. And, and she said, you know, I've, I've had so much fun working here and I've met so many new people that I wouldn't have met. And I think that's the other thing to say about commission-based businesses is I think your business a lot of times is a reflection of you. And that doesn't necessarily change in commission-based businesses but what you do have an opportunity to do is maybe grow your business in a different direction that you wouldn't in a rental environment. Because right. in rental, it's sort of, you're sort of going to just build through that one conduit of business. Mm -hmm. When you're in a salon, there's a whole marketing and public relations machine that's working for you right. to try and get new people in. I mean, I will tell you in just the last month here in Nashville, We've seen 200 new guests, wow. which is great, yep. you know, under the circumstances. Our business is up um, nearly 30% over last year since we came back. Yeah, it's and really it's something to be really grateful for. Mm -hmm. um, I know for a fact that a lot of my friends who are um, independent contractors in California or New York are struggling right now because yeah. for whatever reason they don't have that support to help them rebuild. Right. You know? And I think that is something I'm so proud that we've been able to provide yeah, to all of them. Yeah. You know? Especially in a time like this. 2020. For sure. So crazy. It's a dumpster fire. Yeah. I mean, let's just call <laughs> it what it is. <laughs> I mean, it's a literal dumpster fire. It's just been so unpredictable. I mean, that's a, a dumpster. That's a great word. It is a dumpster. Right. Fire. <laughs> For real. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I recently had a stylist. Um, she left my salon and went to booth rent and, um, you know, wish her well and all the things. Um, two weeks later, I had a client come to me and the the client had gone into her, made an appointment and she had to reschedule her because she didn't have the color she needed mm -hmm. to create right. the look. And, you know, sometimes as... <sighs> You know, even even the best owners and salon owners, they question themselves, you know, like I do every sure. day. And that's something I'm, I'm totally fine to admit. Um, but, you know, sometimes you're like, well, what if I should I offer a booth rental option? You know, um, 
But this specific story really reminded me as to why I have the business structure that I have. Yeah. Um, but she rescheduled her because she didn't have the, you know, the right color because she had to buy it herself. Um, rescheduled her to the next week. She comes back and she still didn't have the right color. And so this client, no. unfortunately, I mean, fortunate, I guess for us, but right. you know, left and came back to our salon just because of that reason. And so I had one of my lead stylists come to me and go, you know, that's, that's, that's why I'm, you know, that's why I'm here. That's, that's why I want to be in yep. this kind of environment. And, um, you know, that's great. And I, I think that's such a good thing about commission-based salons. Um, you know, and like I say, I will say to all the listeners, I do want to find someone that I really think is killing it on the booth rental side. And I want to hear from their perspective too, because I personally know so many booth renters that are killing I do too. it. Yeah. I, I do mean, too. I do too. Just absolutely. And I, and I want to like get inside their mind because I feel like there's a reason why they're killing it. Well, I think why they're killing it is they are truly treating it like a business, a business. and they, yeah. they're not going on a vacation every month. Right. Um, yeah. they are committed. They're, they Buying sit the down. Right, products. right. They're sitting down every night and going through all the numbers. Yeah. Um, I think what does happen with booth renters it is hard for them to have the boundaries because they don't have a buffer. Right. And when I say the buffer, yeah. they don't have front desk support yeah. to be the buffer and to say, no, Those she doesn't work or he doesn't work on Fridays. Yeah. Um, because it's easy for you to find yourself working <clears throat> seven days a week yeah. because you're like, because someone will reach out. Is there any way yeah. I really oh, got to well, get in? And listen, you know. I I believe, I believe in restraining forces. I believe, um, you know, I, I had mentioned to you earlier, Tara, you know, I, I started out in investment banking, but I have a bachelor of music and I was accepted at Juilliard. So it's like, you know, I understand the creative mindset and I understand the creative brain. And I think one of the things is important when you deal with creative people is that there has to be what's called a restraining force in place. And the restraining force all it does is keep you on the path, right? Because as creative people, and I consider myself creative, but I'm kind of like balanced between left and right brain. Like I can kind of do both, yeah. which is great. But at the same time, it makes me uniquely skilled to sort of see where other people can't. Mm-hmm. And I think that in our industry, one of the things that derails people is this idea of being able to have it all. Yeah. You can have a great quality of life. And I say this to Amanda all the time. This idea of having it all is a lie. At some point, there's what's called compromise. And we all have to do it. Mm -hmm. And I think what happens oftentimes when you're an independent contractor is if if you don't have the discipline in that example to make sure that you have purchased the color for a guest who's already coming back for one reschedule, a lot of times what I'm seeing um, out there is people who are taking excessive amounts of time off. Mm-hmm. And what that does is it creates insecurity with your guests because all of a sudden your schedule becomes, it just becomes yeah. either inadequate or just becomes inconsistent. So they're not really sure when you're working. So it doesn't, you know, right. maybe they like to come on a Wednesday, but all of a sudden you're not doing Wednesdays anymore. You've just decided that because that's maybe one of three people that like Wednesdays, you're just going to take Wednesdays off. Yeah. And you didn't bother to ask those guests like, you know, so it's that kind of stuff that I think in our environment, we help with as a restraining force. We really do 
sit down with our, our service providers and say, okay, let's figure out how we can give you quality of life and balance because that's very important to us. And I don't, I think we rarely say no yeah. um, to anyone's time off or to anybody's schedule change. It's very rare that you hear the words no from us, but what we will say, and I teach my front desk this all the time is the theory of yes. And yes, absolutely. We can make that happen for you. And what we need to do is have a conversation with your guests or figure out whether or not that's going to actually work within the context of your client base. You right. know what I mean? Oh, I love and, that. I, and I can chime in on that because when I was on the road and I was, I almost was like a booth runner and yeah. I, I can say Gavin, because yeah. when yeah. I worked for studio Gavin, who I adore Gavin and um, he was really wonderful to me. I mean, that's how Derek and I met as well. Yeah. Um, now as a business owner, he allowed me to work very much like a booth renter. Yeah. I yeah. came in, <laughs> I did the guest, yeah. and then I left. Um, but I had all of the, I had the luxury of having all of my guests taken care of. Yeah. However, what my clients, I lost a lot of clients because they got exhausted with the fact of, well, okay, she, now she only works these days. Okay, now she's in this month mm -hmm. or now she's in. Now, what did keep them coming is I think they were excited for me. They wanted to hear the stories. They, well, you, you have a very unique personality, too, that you can't discount. I yeah. mean, oh, you draw totally. people in. So yeah. that's a that's a skill. And I don't know that everybody has that skill that's, that you're either born with it or you're not. You, well, you're not. It, well, thank you, friend. But yeah, I love you. Well, um, we, both, we both have. I yeah. mean, it's Definitely. I think something Definitely. unique about both of us. But, yeah. but what I was going to say with that, they weren't see they were seeing me working. Yeah. They weren't seeing me on vacation. Yeah. Right. They weren't seeing me. Mm -hmm. I'm on a plane. I'm flying <laughs> here or. Yeah. It was. I'm going to work. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it, exciting. It was exciting. So for sure, I think that what happens is, especially in the world of social media, we share so much of our lives, mm -hmm. which is probably not <laughs> so great. <laughs> a little too much. So, well, too I much. Mean, Some things. I mean, we've actually said to people, "You need to have a private page." Right. <laughs> but. Um, but you know, yeah. I get it. If I was sitting here wanting my hair done, and I was yeah. like, "Well." There's Tara. Yep. She's flying private to so-and-so again. Or <laughs> there's Tara. She's, yep. you know, um, <laughs> where is she going? God. I love that you fly private. <laughs> I saw her flying private. I That's know. why I said I, that. I love it. <laughs> you go, girl. We, we you have made it, honey. That's, not something I wanna, that's something I want to do all. That's my goal. One of my business goals. Let's fly private all the I time. I love flying private. Yeah. I would fly private every time if I could. Maybe. I enjoy yeah. it. I miss it. It's a different I want to go somewhere. Let's fly private. Yeah. Derek, uh, let's, charter the plane let's right do some now. renovations first. <laughs> See, I don't care. You're renovating. You're always I renovating like nice, this along. Listen, honey, I love a nice first class or business class seat, but like... <laughs> If it's between that or renovating a business and and yeah. and creating more profit centers, I'm all about creating uh, a yeah. profit center. That's where my head's at too. Absolutely, <laughs> um, that's one of my business goals, life goals. I want to. I want my own plane. I want that. Just do it, girl, honey. Like, no, you don't either. Then do it. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's just what... get a share. Just share. Just get a share. It's much cheaper. Yeah, and it's easier. all you need it every day. Yeah.
I'm sure. You know what I mean? That's true. Like, come I on. I don't know. I could probably use it every time. I mean, maybe. Come Listen. I could come here to see you guys anytime I want. That would be I amazing. Mean, you know. It'd be like Erica Jane on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I would love that. My God. That'd be- me too. <laughs> God. Erica, if you're listening, call me. Call me. <laughs> um, I love it. I have loved, you know, just hearing from you guys and hearing your your outlook on running your own business, but you know, why you run it that way. I think yep. that's, I think you, that's, that's always important. You want to run it a certain way. Yes. But you want to, you want to have the why, why do you do it that way? And so I think that's important. Well, I think for us, the culture has always been the most important thing. Yeah. And I think, you know, full disclosure, you know, we didn't have attrition for the first four years that we were open. Really. I mean, we had very few people, who, um, who left and we, it was all upside for us. We just had people joining us or really primarily through our training program to the point where, you know, we were on path to do $1.5 million in 900 square feet, which is like unbelievable. I mean, um, colleagues of mine in the industry were like, when I showed them what the salon was generating per square foot, they were like, Oh my God, that's crazy. And I think we got really complacent and okay with what we were doing as a company. Um, And then we got schooled, you know, I mean, we got schooled. We, we had, I think in some ways become a victim of our own success. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's also something to say to any of the commission based salon owners or managers listening to this, to this recording is that like, you can't get complacent. Like if you're going to play in the space, then you have to play to win and it's got to be a win for everybody. It's got to be a win for your staff and for your new employees and for your administrative staff and for your owners. And I think that's a really important distinction, especially in this post COVID era is that if you want to be solvent and if you want to be successful as a commission-based business, any business really, but especially commission-based business, then you've got to bring your A game. Because otherwise, there are other options, you know? Well, and I think for us, we learn, I mean, it's okay to say goodbye to people. Yeah. And it's one thing to have. And to celebrate that. Yeah. And and it's not weird to not, it it doesn't even be a weird thing. Yeah. Yeah, But when your gut tells you something's not working. Yeah. Why continue to have the conversation about it? Just yeah. move on. And everyone is happy. Yeah. Um, and you don't uh, risk losing really great people because right. you didn't let yeah. one or two people go yeah. because you did get complacent on what you were making and uh, what the business looked like. I mean, because that's not going to last. Mm-hmm. Well, we the all deal with it as owners, yeah. right? You get to a place where, you know, you're doing, you know, maybe just depending on where you're located, you know, for us, I'll just talk in terms of us. We were doing A-list celebrities. We had teams out every week flying privately to work with individuals. And in addition, our salon was growing at a pace of, and I'm not even overstating this, 70, 80%, you know, over the previous year. It was a great feeling for us. At the same time, then we sort of looked at it and said, oh my God, like, what are we going to do? Like, like how, how are we going to continue to educate? How are we going to continue? Cause we don't have any space. Yeah. And I think 
that thinking will get you into trouble. Yeah. Because we just didn't say, you know what? We're going to embrace this and we're going to celebrate it and we're going to, and we're going to work through it and we're going to figure out how we make it work. It was scary for us. And I'm sure any salon owner can, you probably could say when I can remember that moment during that time for us where I felt like we were losing control of yeah, the our wheels brand. felt like it was yeah. about to fall. We were losing control. The wheels of felt like they were about to fall off every and, day. Um, and I was like, this isn't, this isn't who we are. We want a positive, fun environment. This is, I mean, I always see rainbows and unicorns yeah. <laughs> before yeah. I yeah. see a cloudy day. And I was like, why do I, f- why does it feel so negative? Yeah. And it was overwhelming. And we take, total ownership of that. And it was a great lesson. And it's a lesson that I hope I never have to learn again. But um, we did not um, take control of the situation and say, you know what, it's okay. Yeah. Good luck. We are going in different directions. Um, But instead, we were comfortable. Yeah. And I'll also say this about any um, anyone who's listening who is maybe in that situation where you have those people on your team that you know it's time for them to maybe do their own thing oh. or move on. Whenever Amanda and I have had those conversations and we have been the ones who've initiated them and said, listen, we think it's time for you to go. And not in a bad way, but it's, it is time for you to move on. You're not happy here. Let's make it you know, positive. Yeah. Let's make it exciting. We have literally gone to the point where we have printed out their entire guest list, mm-hmm. sat next to them, said, who are you going to call and who are we going to call? Because we don't want to call the same people. That's great. And come up with a plan to create a smooth transition. We've done that multiple times. Wow. And so I think. And when things are positive, if you're honest it's great. with us, then that's how friends. it's always been. Right. But you have to be honest. Nothing has to be shady. Right. And it doesn't I, need to be shady. And I think that's where if you're running a great business, um, a stylist shouldn't have to feel that it has to be shady. Right. And um, I can honestly say I don't think we've ever ran that feeling to where people <laughs> no. can be honest with it, us. Right. No, we've, ha- we've had people who were not necessarily above board with us. Mm-hmm. And I think those are the people that hurts the most because um, I consider us super approachable and very available, very available for that, for that conversation. But I think the moral of that story is as an owner, you don't have to be an asshole. You can actually do this thing and do it in the right way where you feel good Mm -hmm. about the way that you've left things, not just with the employee, but also with the with the guests right. i mean because it's really your guests that are going to suffer if you can't come up with a suitable solution and to people who are considering leaving a situation in the commission-based business because they feel like it's their time right. to experience the joys of entrepreneurship i say good for you i would say mm-hmm. have you know take the opportunity to have that conversation now every owner is different and so mm-hmm. be sensitive to the level of emotion that an owner is going to bring to that conversation and protect yourself in the process of having it. Like don't have the conversation and assume that person's letting you work out two weeks. Right. I know for us, we did the two week thing for a long time. And honestly, it was more damaging to the team than it was for us. Yeah. Like I was fine. Amanda was fine. The team was not fine. They wanted them gone. 
And it wasn't like a nasty, we want them gone. It was a, they've decided to move on, but we've decided to stay. And we actually don't need a reminder every single day for the next two weeks. Yep. It's just exactly. uncomfortable. And at that point, we just made the decision to say, listen, again, doesn't mean that the same rules don't apply where it's like, I'm going to sit with you and we're going to go through your list and you tell me who you're calling because yeah. I don't want the embarrassment. I, as an owner, I don't want that embarrassing weirdness on the phone with a guest. Right. If you've just called them, it's like, oh yeah, she just called me. It's like, yeah. awesome. That feels great yeah. today. And you, and you, like, yeah. I'm, I'm just going to down another black of soda. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, you know, you're like drinking and dialing everyone. So I think, if, if you are that individual who's maybe looking to go down that path in your life, good for you. And, and if it seems right to you, do it, but, but please do it with empathy and understanding for the person who, who in large part has, I would hope put you on their shoulders and held you up yeah. as part of their job. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. I think that's what's so strange to me. I've never burnt a bridge. I can honestly Love say that. that. I have yeah. never burned a bridge. It's true. In my entire, even with Gavin, for example, I mean, it was a big, they were really close friends when we yeah. decided to open this. Now, how he had not, however, he had not worked with Gavin for a while, but he went to Gavin and said, hey, we're doing this. Well, I went to Gavin. And you know what? Gavin came to our space and said, have you thought about putting your chairs like this? Wow. He was so excited well, listen, for us because we did it in a very healthy way. I will tell you this. And this is another thing. Anyone who's listening, who's wanting to open a salon in a market. Um, when So the salon that I ran where I met Amanda, the man that I worked for, who I was a shareholder in the company at the time that I met Amanda had been, is now a, a proud friend of mine for, for 22 years. We had coffee yesterday, oh. you know, um, he was the first person I called after Amanda and I spoke. And I said, I want you to know that this is what's going on. Cause Amanda was still working there as a service provider. Mm -hmm. And I said, if you have a challenge with this, I will not go forward. Because it was more important to me that our relationship was successful. I knew I could be successful in business. And by the way, I was already working. So it wasn't like a big deal yeah. to me. But it was a big deal that like yeah. he gave his blessing. Not only did he give his blessing, but then he helped us with our floor plan. To this day, I go in and work with that company once yeah. a quarter. Yeah. I've worked for the same owners for the last... 16 years mm -hmm. and every single one of them has supported me and held me up on their shoulders as mentors to say like good for you like mm -hmm. you cared so much about my business i'm just glad that you have an opportunity yeah. and and they're you know and they admire our mm -hmm. company i mean that's the other great thing is that you know whether i talk to rodney cutler on the phone you know i talked to him weekly, multiple times a week. And, you know, when we compare sort of how things are going, he always, his first question for me is always, how are things for you? Yeah. And I'm fortunate to say that things are up for us and he's genuinely happy Yeah. for us, Yeah. you know? And I think that that in terms of ownership culture, that's what we have to do more of in 2021. I right. agree. You know, I that's agree. what is so important as we move into this post COVID era is like this whole 
BS, this whole story that people tell themselves about there not being enough food to go around, yeah. you know, relative to, 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 to client base, that's bull. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I mean, honestly, you've got 80% of the people in this country going to the top 20% of salons. Mm -hmm. So all you have to do is elevate yourself to that top 20 level and you're going to get most of the market share in your market and you can do it in a way that's meaningful, not in a way where you're stealing other people's staff. Right. You know, every day we have salon owners who follow our team mm -hmm. online and Amanda, <laughs> Amanda stays in touch with it far more than I do because yeah. frankly, I'm awful on social media and I maybe go on once a week to actually post something. Yeah. I'm awful. I'm not a good <laughs> example. <awful>. Please <laughs> do not follow. Do if not you follow me, it's my dogs, my husband, the occasional <laughs> picture of a beach or a mountain. So or like, me. yeah. Or, or me. Or, Sometimes yeah. it's just me. You know, but like my, my point in saying that is, you know, it, it's been a weird time for us to look at business ownership and how we run a business versus how other people run a business and trying not to sell out our ethical standard because somebody else doesn't have the same ethical standard. Well, and I want to, I had someone reach out to me, um, who reached out to me again, uh, recently and, uh, she reached out to me, I guess about a year ago. I, said reached out to me what three times in a row anyway <laughs> no we get it we no get it no one's counting um, but she was wanting to come work oh. and so one of the first things i ask someone when they want to come work for a salon company versus where they're at mm -hmm. why yeah when they tell me why and they give me the list of why i said have you had a conversation with the owner first yeah can you guys always. resolve this? Yeah. And of course, they're always thrown off because yeah. that's not what they expect. Mm -hmm. I think they expect me to say, oh, you've got a full book of business. Let me yeah, see your Instagram go. and let's yeah. do this, girl. Yeah. Um, well, that's not how we roll because first off, I want to know, are they adult enough to have a conversation with their employer mm -hmm. to resolve the problem? And what happens every time is majority of the time they never have a conversation. Right. So in particular, this one situation, I said, have a conversation. Have you had this conversation? And she's like, no, I said, have this conversation because here's what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. You're going to lose a lot of your clients when you move to a new salon. Yep. First off, you haven't been in the industry long enough. Right. Until you've been in the industry six plus years, you don't have that true client base wouldn't you agree that's willing yeah, to just I mean, like so the industry statistics and again they may have changed a bit but the industry statistics um most recently were 50 percent. so when you decide to make a change to a new salon company 50 percent of your guests will stay with that existing salon company 25 percent will follow you Mm -hmm. And then the other 25% just disappear. Yeah. So yeah. they just go to another salon and another service provider altogether. And, well, and I think that's pretty true. I right. mean, and certainly that's what we have seen in people yeah. who have left us. And even if that 50% doesn't happen day one, it's slowly. We've got people from last year who are coming back, and we're talking about great people 
right. who I miss. I miss I miss their energy and our yeah. company. And when they show up on our books, I get excited, like a little yeah. boy excited because not because we got them back that or anything weird. It's just because it's we like I them. miss them as like human them. beings. And it's nice to have them back in our company. Because yeah. they're fun and they're exciting and they're just And nice to your people. point about the challenges of what has happened, a lot of them left to to follow people who well, had gone I said into to this situations. Particular uh person, I said, Have you done this? No, no, no. And I said, Okay, why don't you have this conversation and then go from there? Yeah. A year let's fast forward a year later, that individual's reached back out reached back out to me. I took your advice, I had the conversation, things aren't getting better. And then I said, okay, well, let's have a conversation, you yeah. know, but I appreciate this individual for at least taking my advice yeah. in trying yeah. because that says a lot about their character Absolutely. because in this industry, most people, mm -hmm. they start out what 19, 20, 21. So they haven't had those real jobs. I yeah. call it. Yeah, absolutely. Like most the people, conversations. Yeah, yeah, like in college, you've had yeah. a few jobs where yeah. you learn how to have these conversations. Mm -hmm. They don't have that, mm -hmm. um, which is probably why we, I feel like with our team, they are able to have these conversations because we meet with them every month yeah. individually yeah. so that That's they so can important. get it out. Yeah. That's so important. I mean, just the last two months I've had, well, three probably now, three to four months I've had two people quit without one conversation with me, which is heartbreaking. It well, is. it, it is does. Great. I mean, listen, I think sometimes, um, and even with our own staff, like mm -hmm. I have to remind them that I'm actually, I'm an actual human being. Yeah. Like I actually have feelings. Right. And I understand that like a lot of times I'm, I'm, I, I, I personally have a unique ability to be able to compartmentalize. So yeah. I don't mix business and pleasure. And to me, they're very separate things. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that I don't have feelings. Like, right. it doesn't mean that I'm not a human being who actually cares about the individuals yeah. that come to work for us. Yeah. And I think there's nothing worse than having an unresolved conversation mm -hmm. is what I like to call it. Yeah, like, absolutely. you know, like I would almost rather have a fight with somebody than have an unresolved conversation yeah. because then you sort of always wonder whether or not you could have done something better right. as an owner. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, and every owner feels differently, but I will say... To any of the owners listening out there, if you don't feel that way, then you should really take a long, hard look at why you're in this business. <laughs> exactly. Because let's face it. I mean, we know that the people working behind the chair make a hell of a lot more money than we do by and large. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's just the truth. And, just and like, I, when by I the way, I celebrate it. Like, <laughs> Listen, I'm not like, celebrated. Good, good. I'm like, you good go. on you. Yeah. Good on you. I mean, Can I think it's great. Can you take me out to dinner? Yeah. <laughs> I, seriously, I yeah. do. I think it's. I think it's awesome. But at the end of the day, and I've said this to Amanda from the day that we became partners, I got into the business, this business to grow people for a living. Yeah, like that's what I do. Yeah. So if that's not something that somebody feels is valuable any yeah. longer, then I would at least like to have a conversation about at what point that stopped being valuable. Right. Right. So that I can understand my right. process better. Yeah, absolutely. You know? well, 100%. I, well, I had someone ask me actually last week, why do you, what is it about this industry that you love? You seem like you love this industry. Yeah. And I said, I really do. And I actually honestly realized how much I loved it after um, 2019. Yeah. When we had our our walkout we yeah. had like a walkout and um i was 
I thought I love this industry and no matter what your faith based is base is mine it, almost it was like God was slapping me in the face like remember what you're doing why did you do this you wanted to do this because you wanted to help people mm-hmm. you got caught up now get 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 it together Craig yeah. <laughs> that's what I heard get it yeah. together Craig get it together Craig and I really I mean just like Derek said we want to grow people and oh. I want to show people how amazing this industry is and how much money you can actually make. But I also want you to be smart. And when you're making this money, mm-hmm. are you investing? Are you making a plan for yeah. the future? What is your next step? Mm-hmm. And um, that's why with our company, we never companies. Isn't that exciting? That is exciting. Companies <laughs> um, that we um, we never wanted a ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. There's opportunity for people to continue to grow with us to the very top. Yeah. At some that. point, we'll come back and talk about wealth building, yeah. which we're, is the oh, difference. We're doing. Yeah. Like yeah. that's, I mean, that's, that's just the difference between making money yeah. and building wealth. Yeah. There's two, a huge very different thing. Yes. Yeah. There's a huge difference. Yes. 100%. You know? 100%. Well, like you said to the salon owners and just like what you were saying, yeah. sometimes I sign their checks. You don't go into the industry being a salon. If you go into the industry being a salon owner, wanting to be a salon owner because you want to make big money, especially right off, then you're doing the wrong thing. Right. But if you go into it, sl- steady, slow and steady wins the race. Yeah. Slow yeah. and steady wins the race. 100%. Um, then you can see the success after you've put in the years, the sweat, yeah. and the tears. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah, tears. I'll <laughs> cry. Well, there are a lot of tears. Lot I always tears. say, I'm like, just get in your car and cry like I do. I... Daddy's getting hungry. I know. I know. You're going to edit I'm this gonna out. Get these... so... I'm gonna... Maybe not, though. Um, I, I'm like, Daddy's getting hungry. I'm so hungry. I just appreciate I'm going to end this by saying I appreciate you guys being on here. I've taken so much from just sitting in the same room and hearing what you guys have to say. You're just a wealth of knowledge, both of you, especially together. You guys kind of a powerhouse. I, I think Thank you know you that. So but much. Um, you just, I mean, you know, you, it's, it's so inspiring to hear from where I'm sitting, people that have been there and you're so transparent. Like you're not afraid to say I had a walkout last year or I've struggled or I mean, well, you, know, you gotta be honest. Yeah. Like, because I mean, everyone's been through it. I'm yeah. gonna, let me just say this. Like if anybody doesn't understand that through weakness comes strength. Yeah. You know, like if you're not able to expose the weaknesses and the mistakes that you've made 100%. as an entrepreneur, then you are in for a world of trouble. Yeah. You know, I mean, I can go down a list of mistakes that I've made in the last three years that have cost me money. Mm-hmm. You know, thankfully they haven't cost Amanda and I money, but like some of the stuff that that I've done just outside of Lee Edwards and company that has been, you know, not necessarily productive in terms of financially, but when you step back from it and you admit your weakness, then you're able to actually learn the lessons that you needed to learn about the mistakes that you made, or maybe some of the additional value that you got from it that had nothing to do with the financial component. Right. Yeah. So I just think that like, if you can't do that, then it's time for you to take a step back and go like, where do I need to go to get this focus or get this scope? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think what drives me crazy is when anyone in ownership, whether the salon world, um, a restaurant, anything you're doing, 
when you can't say that there are hard times yeah. or that you've had, you have had, um, difficulties yeah. because then that's not reality. Yeah. And honestly, people don't relate to things that aren't reality. Yeah, no. Um, I think it's very important. And I, I always, I love saying this and I said this to someone once, you have to look at a salon as a business, not mm-hmm. as a salon. Yeah. Um, it's a salon. It's a business that happens to be a salon. Yeah. And a lot of people will look at the salon as, oh, it's a salon. It's where you have fun. It's where you right. do this. And I'm going into this because I just want to enjoy myself yeah. and I want freedom. Well, no, it's a business. Yeah. That happens to be a salon. Absolutely. And I think even people that go into ownership within a salon, they don't look at it that way. They yeah. look at it as, you know, a lot of times, too, hairstylists will be working under someone and say, you know what? We can do this better. Let's yeah. go open up something. And maybe you will. Yeah. And I hope you do. I hope you do. Yeah. Majority of the time, that's not the case um, because they went into it with the wrong mindset. 100%. Not the right mindset. It took me maybe a solid 90 days of owning my salon to call my first salon owner and go, I'm so sorry. I'm such an asshole. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you for everything that you've done. Good for you. It does happen. It does. I've had a few. I've been, been on the other end. I've answered yeah. the phone on a few of those conversations. Yeah. Like, I had no idea that this is what you dealt with. And people are such assholes. I'm like, well, like with him saying how much the salon did, that's not what we took home. Right. That's what we were putting back into the salon to get new chairs, to do more for our employees, um, more for all the above. I'm very proud to say that 55%, 55 cents on every dollar that yeah. we earn goes just to pay the staff yep. before we've paid rent, utilities, yep. product costs, taxes, everything. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is, I, I don't mind that number. No, You'll have some salon owners who say, oh, you know, I should be at 38% or I should be at 40%. To me, if, if we are compensating fit people fairly in this market to live a quality lifestyle and that means that Amanda and I make less money as owners. I am a hundred percent okay with that. And it's the way we've run our business since day one. Yeah. I used to say that to the staff, they would say to me all the time, why do you have 12 jobs? Because when we first launched this business, I had 28 active consulting clients that I would fly to all over the country. I was still working in New York City once a month. I would leave and fly up to Cutler and work for three days on site and support them remotely the rest of the month. And I had Lee Edwards and company, which we didn't pull a paycheck from for the first year we were in operation. Every single dime we earned went right back into the company. And they would say to me, I don't like in year two or three, I don't understand like why you're still doing these jobs. And my response was always the same. I don't ever want to feel like I am making decisions about this company based on what I need to make from it. Right. I want to make decisions based on what is in everybody's best interest. And that's not just mine. That's yours. That's Mm -hmm. our guests. But understand, like, I don't want it to be a self-serving conversation where we are just basing our decisions on what we're able to pull from it. And Amanda did the same thing. I mean, Amanda was working on the voice year for years after we opened. And, and when we 
definitely could have been paying ourselves a tremendous amount more. We opened a business last year when we didn't need to open a business last year. We chose to open a business last year. And a large part of why we went through with that was because we had somebody on our team at the time who ended up leaving us to go rental. But at the time he had lost his job, mm -hmm. came and asked for a job with us as a barber. And we said, you know what? Let's let's move forward with the barbershop concept that we were talking about because we had a long relationship with this guy. Yeah. I don't regret that at all. Right. Yeah. But that's the level of care that I yeah. think you have to take as an owner when you make decisions. We most days make decisions about what is best and in the best interest of our of our team, yeah. not what's in our personal best interest. Yeah. And I think that that has been overall the most successful strategy that we've had up to this right. point. Yeah. You know, hundred percent. It's always about pe the people serving a the thousand people. percent. Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. I think that is great. I'm just, <sighs> I feel good. Good. <laughs> I'm, like good girl. I'm glad you're good. I think everybody's just going to enjoy this one so much. So I can't wait good. for them to hear this. I hope so. Um, Let's, we love you all. Yes. Follow me at Bespoke Derek. That's what no, I was just about kidding. To say. Oh my god! Follow me, everyone. Follow me. You'll get to meet my dogs. I love it. Yeah. I mean, I do want you to tell them where they can find you. <laughs> oh, Bespoke. Hey, that actually was going to be our name. That was. was. Our, that was going to be that our was first why name. Bespoke. I, I got an Instagram. Oh my God, I got an Instagram account two months before we opened and we still hadn't picked a name. <laughs> so we were tossing around the name of Bespoke as the name of the salon. Uh -huh. And so I named my Instagram account Bespoke Derek because <laughs> I thought we were doing a salon <laughs> named Bespoke Salon and we didn't end up doing that. And so then I was stuck with the Instagram account handle <laughs> And I was like, and this was before, I mean, children, yeah. this is before you could change your Instagram account handle. <laughs> you were sort of stuck with it for the rest of your life. You so so I was like, yeah. So I was just like, and at that point I had started like building a following or whatever. I mean, please. I mean, I please. Yeah. But I was like, <laughs> you know, like I had connected with enough of like my core friends that I was like, oh, I don't really want to delete my account. Yeah. So then I just kind of kept it. But that yeah. was originally the name of the salon and then i don't remember why i think there was, was a trademark issue was, was there a trademark taken, issue and so we didn't yeah there was a we trademark always issue. knew that our brand was going to continue to grow yeah and grow and grow which is what we want yeah so we didn't want to deal with that later on so we went with lee edwards and company which, which are our middle names which are our middle names and it sounds like a law firm. it does it is a law firm <laughs> like a law if anybody's firm. listening in britain we we love you, but we do have the trademark in the yes. U.S. It's our um, trademark here. U.S. Just in the it. U.S. Just in the U.S. Leave me alone. <laughs> Leave me alone. Um, <laughs> so, but everybody to this day, because then we named the second location Edward as a as a sort of we were going to name it Penny Lane, but then there was an issue with the Beatles song Surprise Surprise. Okay. So yeah, trademark lawyer was like mm, maybe not, maybe, maybe not. not. I don't think you want to go up against that that uh, that estate. Like, I'm like nope. nope. <laughs> So, um, so we just named it Edward because it was sort of like an, like an offshoot. Right. Yeah. But now everybody who walks in thinks my first name is Edward. So they call me Ed, which is very <laughs> weird. Because they're like, Hey Ed, you're Ed. Right. I'm like, sure. Yeah. Like, but I'm like, 
Because if one more person calls me Ed, I know. I'm going to lose it. I know. And it's usually our barber it. clients who I love, but they're like dudes, they're like bros, so they're like, hey Ed. I'm like, hey guys. Hey guys. You know, hey guys. I'm like, Darren. You know, yeah, like, not my name. I mean, it is my name, but like not, that not what I go by. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Anyway, thanks, it. Tara. Yeah, you're the we had best. so much fun. Of course, of course. So, much fun. so much fun. I love this. All right. Um, but yeah, let's sign off. And I'm excited for everyone. What was to your hear name this. again? Oh yeah. Oh, is it? Do I give my handle? Yeah. What's oh, your handle? At Bespoke Derek. Okay. Just on the Insta. Just on the Insta. I'm Amanda Craig L E C. Love it. I also changed. You mine. did. You did change your <laughs> handle. Because it used to be Amanda Craig one two three. It did. <laughs> one two three. It no was. clue about Instagram. I was it like, was. I'll do this. <laughs> right, we all try. We all try. Thanks, all right. guys. Thanks, everyone. Appreciate you. Bye. I'm Tara Harville, reminding you that building wealth from behind the chair is attainable.